0: It's Thursday, February 13th, 2020. I'm JD, and this is The Drive Home from Modern Feed, essential listening, handpicked for a lovely drive home. Now, I didn't set out to do a love-themed podcast, but maybe the mass media pirated or kidnapped my brain. But there's a lot of love in this podcast, so deal with it. You can handle it. Let's go. Starting out today with something kind of crazy and only tangentially related to this whole love thing. You may have heard that today marked the closing arguments in the Harvey Weinstein trial in New York. Well, last week there was an episode of The Daily that I wanted to revisit because it's so arresting. In the episode, the excellent New York Times reporter, Megan Twee interviews the batshit crazy, in my humble opinion, attorney Donna Rotunno, the lawyer behind Harvey Weinstein's legal strategy. And she offers some stunning advice that I thought, well, with Valentine's Day right around the corner and the potential always for carnal activity that we should maybe revisit. Here it is. It's in your playlist below from The Daily last week.
1: And I think... Absolutely, women should take on equal risk that men are taking on. And the responsibility should be equal as well. Is there anything that you think that men need to do differently? Sure. I think men also need to be very clear about their intentions. And if I was a man in today's world, before I was engaging in sexual behavior with any woman today, I would ask them to sign a consent form. You're, you are being serious. I'm being dead serious. I'm being dead serious because how easy is it for two people to engage in behavior and a day later, two days later, five days later, 27 years later, somebody say, you know what? That's not what that was. Why not? Why not? Take all, take all of the question out of it. Make it easier on everybody. Moving
0: from crazy to a crazy, unexpected bromance, have you heard about the HBO documentary Ali and Cavett, Tale of the Tapes? It's about the amazing relationship between Muhammad Ali and Dick Cavett, which occurred at the time Muhammad Ali was the most famous person in the world. Here's a taste from the documentary, then
2: I'll come back and tell you about the
0: podcast element. Excellent.
2: Let's see one of those. Many scenes from my life are with him. Horsing around. But listen, That's the, the danger is, uh, is of my hurting I you. i have been doing this ever since I come on your show. I treasure that. It was just uh, a wonderful feeling to be around him. He had a magic that was palpable when you were with him. This is my son. What? I thought you were doing a ventriloquist act. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, no, seriously, knowing you is one of the nicest things in my life, and that time you stayed at my house overnight, you remember? There was a documentary Ali and I were in, and it was shooting out near my house in the end of Long Island in Montauk, and after we finished, we went to dinner in a restaurant there, and then it was getting near bedtime, and I said, hey, why don't you just for fun stay at my house tonight, thinking he'd laugh, and he said, I want to see how you live. Yeah, there I was at your house. That's right.
0: Slept in your bed. That's right. Awesome. And if you're a person of a certain age, you grew up with Muhammad Ali. He was your hero, as he was to people all around the globe. He died in 2016 of Parkinson's. Now, Cavett is 83 now, and he's a real hero, too. He's a gem. On the CBS This Morning podcast, you know, I don't have much time to watch CBS This Morning TV, but they podcast great interviews from the show, and they have an extended interview that's really special with Dick Cavett talking about his relationship with Muhammad Ali. Here's a clip. It's a great interview, and it's in your playlist below. Yeah. One of the, one of the most surprising uh, moments to me in the documentary is... Um, is when you invite Ali after he loses to Fraser, um, you invite him on, and he shows up with with a
2: very swollen jaw. Well, I never expected to be doing a show with him where he was not the winner, right? And, and so, um, yeah, what happened was that uh, I, I walked out, and I didn't hadn't seen him before the show. He arrived at just at airtime, so I hadn't seen him yet. And there I am looking at him with a swollen jaw on his part. Um, And there was something almost. Well, you never knew how much he was acting. He was such a good actor Mm -hmm. in every sense. Um, But when he said, I just old broke down fighter, you know, wired jaw, only only person to call me was Mm -hmm. was Dick, uh, you my main man. Mm -hmm. People would say to me, you realize what main man means. <laughs> yeah, you're Ali's main man. You can go anywhere. Mm-hmm.
0: It was very, it was very touching to see him. I mean, because he was very gracious in defeat,
2: which yes. surprised me. Yes, and he praised the skill of his opponent. And, yeah, and uh, said what a good fighter he was, and that the, he felt those blows. Mm-hmm. Okay, I admit it. I couldn't resist this next one
0: because it's from the Studio 360 podcast with Kurt Anderson. just came out today. And as I've told you before, this podcast is going away at the end of February. So it's my little valentine to Kurt Anderson and Studio 360, okay? All right. This is the story of Delilah, the love doctor. And she's sappy and cheesy, but she's kind of special, I guess. And I've never listened to a radio show, but 8 million people do every day. Here's a clip. Studio 360 is in your playlist below.
1: So you've been good friends for three years.
0: How old are you? I'm 19. And he has all the qualities that you would want in a forever partner. Yeah. And he's
1: crazy about you. Yeah. And the problem is what? I don't, I don't want to lose him as a friend. If I were you and I
0: had somebody absolutely crazy in love with me that I liked and that was my
2: friend and was attractive, I would take the chance. And then she prescribes a song, a particular kind of song, in this case, Not a Bad Thing by Justin Timberlake. I said, All I you to see you tomorrow. Eight million listeners tune in every night. Delilah has also published several books, every one of them about love. Now, here's a tough
0: one, but I think totally worth listening to. It's from the podcast Reveal. It's a great podcast from the Center for Investigative Reporting. In this story, it starts with a tragic car accident and a son loses his life. Now the son is an organ donor and as such, the hospital tells the family about a new ritual called the honor walk. I had never heard of this before and I'm so glad I learned about it. Listen to a clip where the father explains the honor walk and how it really helped the family. Jennifer explained she still needed the family's permission to make sure that Dalton's wish to be an organ donor was carried out. Dexter gave the okay.
2: And she said,
0: to celebrate this wonderful choice that my son made and others that um, find themselves given their organs, an honor walk has been established and UVM is, is one of those places where the person's last wishes can be carried out. An honor walk is a new ritual being adopted by hospitals around the U.S. It takes place after a patient has died and just before their organs are recovered. It's meant to honor the gift they're making.
1: An honor walk is when staff from all across the hospital come and line the halls between the ICU and the operating room as the patient and the family take their final walk all together um, before the donation.
0: UVM Medical Center started doing honor walks in August of 2018. Carol Maxwell is an intensive care nurse there. Before Honor walks, sometimes the families would leave before we would bring their loved one's body to the operating room. And it, it felt kind of bizarre and, and lonely and strange. After doctors made the official call that Dalton had died, hospital staff dove into planning the Honor Walk. Wow, now the son was actually in a gospel choir that the father directed. It's in your playlist below. Give this a listen. It's quite beautiful. We were able to bring the gospel
2: choirs that I direct.
1: We were in the ICU, and the timing of the operating room was about, I'd say, 15 minutes away. And all of a sudden, you could just hear... If you listen carefully, you could hear this beautiful music. And it, it, if it was loud, you couldn't hear it. You needed to, to listen. And they were warming up, and they were warming up with amazing grace. A like me. And it, it just immediately brought chills when you heard just something so beautiful in, in the controlled chaos of an ICU. So 15 minutes before we leave the ICU, a final pop-up comes out on the computer. So everyone's computer gets a pop-up that says in 15 minutes, the honor walk is going to be happening. At that point, we start lining everyone up.
0: And finally today, filed this under learned it from a podcast. No, no, you learned it from me. First, there was Kanye West's Sunday service. Now from Reverend Yolanda Norton at Scripps College in Claremont. Right outside of LA comes Beyonce's Sunday Mass, and it makes perfect sense finding the Lord through the words and music of Beyonce. Think about it, she's got 140 million Instagram followers. Her fans know all her lyrics, know every one of her moves. And as told in KCRW's Greater LA Podcast, in your playlist below, along with another episode that talks about all the art events going on around LA this weekend, around the Freeze Art Fair. It's the perfect expression of real love. Here's a taste, it's in your playlist. And God help the person who should cross the path of her devout fan base, the beehive. Now Norton insists Beyonce is not the truth, but she may be part of the way.
1: Every single time you underestimate Beyonce, she comes out the gate and shows you who she is. That fortitude, that sass, all of those things say something about the black female experience. I'm
0: So, when you hear flaws and all from Beyonce's sophomore album, In the Context of the Church, Norton says the song speaks to the secular and divine aspects of being a black woman. In the song, Beyonce talks about receiving unconditional love from an unidentified intimate lover. In the context of a religious service, Norton offers the song as a prayer to God.
1: And if you really take the lyrics and just just um, read them line by line, many of them read like the Psalms of David.
0: That's September Pen, She's the director of the musical group Norton hired to lead worship at Beyonce Mass. And that, as they say, is all she wrote. Hold on. Can I still say that? Gender neutral. That's all they wrote. That's all it wrote. That's all I'm writing. Uh, Have a great weekend. I may not be back tomorrow because I'm going to a podcasting conference. Yes, have a great weekend. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.